Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. My name is Simon Miller and this is a pro wrestling podcast. And what a special day it is because I am going to upload this to fr- for Friday. I wasn't going to, but I was like, no, I'm just going to put it up on Friday. Uh, obviously, the, the Wednesday one only went live yesterday on Thursday because this week has been crazy. But look, it's Crown Jewel Day. So I thought, let's celebrate the wonderful, controversial pay-per-view known as Crown Jewel with a podcast. And as you know, if you listen to my podcast before, all of it is sponsored by patreon.com forward slash Simula316. Thank you to everybody who donates, donates, whatever the right was, pledges money into that. And again, like I say, every week we get a Patreon on. And this week, I'm very, very happy and pleased to say I got my man Josh with me. Josh, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Simon. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. You know, I'm all right. I'm enjoying... I mean, this week has been nuts in terms of in pro wrestling. It's just... I mean, the last two weeks in general, I thought so much has been happening. Obviously, all the stuff with Roman Reigns and this WWE Crown Jewel show is just, I think, sapping the life out of everyone. Um, well, there was something else that happened. What, what, I can't even remember now. Oh, the Evolution pay-per-view. That's right. It's like, it's been a crazy couple of weeks in, in wrestling. Yeah, it's just been... Quite a ride for you, I guess. Well, yeah, it's been... I mean, how... I mean, we'll get into why you started watching wrestling and stuff, but look, we'll start topical. We'll start where the conversation the conversation lies. Uh, what's your take on everything? Uh, what's your take on Roman Reigns? What did you think of Evolution? Are you going to watch Crown Jewel later today? I mean, how do you feel about it? Because I've chatted to some people, and look, it's not my particular take, but I certainly like to live my life in a way where I try and respect people's opinions. And I, I, I mean, I would feel differently if somebody said... Something offensive, but the, you know the major thing I've heard about people that want to watch it is I don't want to even worry about the politics because when I watch wrestling, you know, I just want to be entertained. That's not how I see it, but I would certainly never judge anybody for looking at it that way. I don't feel like it's my place. But yeah, I mean, from Roman Reigns through Evolution to now with Crown Jewel in but a few hours, like as a wrestling fan, man, like where do you stand on it all? Well, Evolution, I pretty much enjoyed that. Um, that whole show. A lot of people haven't didn't like the look of it. I thought it was alright. I, I like it was good. I like the look of it. Change. Yeah, I thought the best thing was the look, to be honest. Because as soon as it started, I get the lighting was a bit weird, but who cares? I, I, you know, it wasn't lit badly. I could see everything that was going on, and my favourite thing was the fact that it felt unique. And I, you know, we always said that's the thing we miss from pay per views. So no, I was a big fan of it. Yeah, it felt different. It was good to, for just shine a spotlight on the women's wrestling. Means it was a quite a controversial week for everything. Um, it made everyone sort of forget about that. Yeah, it did. You're right, especially given that I, I still funny is not the right word. Contrary, probably not right either. I, I can't remember the word I'm looking for, but to have that show on a Sunday and here we are five days later and we're now having. I mean, Rennie Young's on the show, which is great. She's going to do color commentary. Um, I still think it's difficult to sing about that as, oh, victory for WWE, because it's like, well, not really. A woman should be allowed to do commentary on a show. Like, that shouldn't, yeah. be, that shouldn't be some kind of breakthrough. I get why it is, but I, I still roll my eyes a, a, a little bit about it. I mean, let, let's start here. Are you going to watch Crown Jewel today? Is that, you know, I, I do, do you feel so, you know, morally upset by what WWE is doing that you can't watch it? Are you more of the ilk? Well, it's happened and... You know, you're going to watch it anyway, so you may as well just tune in. I will probably... I mean, i got the network. So, 
I can watch it whenever I want. Pro- yeah. Probably won't watch it live. Yeah. Um, I would probably do what most people would do, probably, and let yourself watch it. <laughs> Thanks, man. And if you think there's a match or an event that goes on that's worth watching, then I'll probably watch it from that. I'll take, I'll take that, man. That keeps me in a job. So I, I appreciate it. I mean, a lot of people have asked me as well, are you going to do uh, ups and downs for Crown Jewel? And I think, I, I mean, of course I am. I mean, the way the way I see it is, and I admit, if I was watching it from a fan's perspective, maybe I wouldn't watch. I, I, I don't know because I can't see it from that perspective because I'm not in it because obviously I have this other huge thing that I get to do. But the way I look, the same with the Roman Reigns thing, when something hard comes along, I think the worst thing you can do from my point of view, not from a, a general point of view, from my point of view, is bury your head in the sand. I think if anything, I need to do a video on it and just let my opinions known and then we'll do what we always do. That's just my, you know, that, that's my two cents. Um, so let's, yeah. fi- let's figure out how we got to this stage, Josh. Like, how did you get into wrestling? You know, how long you've been watching it? What's your kind of era? Uh, and then we'll kind of work our way backwards and, and see where we end up in 2018. So when I first got into wrestling, I didn't know anything about it. I remember being at primary school, which I guess from the ages of five to 12. Yeah. Um, it was sort of late on in that. I went out onto the field and I saw some from my friends playing, walked over to them and asked what they were doing. They said they were playing wrestling. <laughs> that's brilliant let's <laughs> all play wrestling I like that so, I had no idea anything about it um, so I said who do you want to be obviously I wasn't sure so they, they gave me the Undertaker oh man this is fantastic dude I love this this is so specific <laughs> this is great so, this, I just remember it pretty clear and I remember not doing what I was doing grabbing the heels of my friends because and then pulling them from out underneath them. Yeah. That's, that's what I assumed The Undertaker did with that name. <laughs> and then from there on, I went round to a friend's house. Um, and he was a big collector of wrestling figures. And he used to watch it. And I remember going around there and uh, he had it on. So Kane was on the show with his full black and red gear, uh, face mask. And I just sat and watched it with him. And from memory, that's pretty much all I remember. I remember coming home, um, trying to find wrestling on the telly. Oh, so, you just, was, so you went home and that was it? You're like, right, i got to watch this now and get into yeah, it? Yeah, I wanted to carry on and just see what else was going on. What What do you think it was? I mean, you know, was it the costumes? Obviously, you mentioned Kane coming out of his gear. Were you just intrigued about what it was? A lot of people start watching because it's so stupid. I think that's fair too. They're like, what, what the hell is this nonsense? Like, what do you think it was? I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I just like the look of everything. Um, probably because it's the only bit of real, sort of at that point, I had no idea it being um, not real at all. So I just watched it and thought these big dudes are slamming each other down and doing some crazy stuff. How did you find that it wasn't real? We don't. I should ask that with every podcast. We don't. I don't know if I've ever told <laughs> that story because my dad just told me one day. I think my dad just got so sick of it one day. He was like, look, you idiot. <laughs> it's, not, <laughs> it's not real. I think he told me about Father Christmas on the same day. I was like, all right, dad, fucking hell. <laughs> like smashing my life into pieces. And I was yeah, genuinely yeah. upset. Like, I mean, I think I deep down I knew it wasn't real, but until someone tells you this got authority, it's like, well, I'm just going to believe it anyway. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think a few people might have told me, but the one that sticks in my head was I was sat in front of the um, telly, legs crossed, head up, watching it, 
I remember my dad said, what are you watching this shit for? <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> right to and the then, point. Um, I said to him, what? And he went, you know, it's all fake, don't you? Oh, there it is. Um, They're crashing. Yeah. I went, I don't care. And I carried on watching it. And then I remember someone slammed someone down. And I remember thinking, how's this fake? Well, yeah, I mean, I was... you, can't, you kind of had a point, though, man, because, I mean, the fake is the word, right, that we don't use, yeah. because, you know, while it's predetermined and scripted, the reason people don't like fake is, as I can attest to, things can go bad and things can yeah. can can really, really hurt. So I totally get it, though. I think it's a generational thing. So you get into it, you find out that it's fake. I mean, who are the wrestlers you gravitate? What 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 sort of time period are we talking? I'm guessing, what, late 90s? This, is, this would be early 2000s. So I read, when I started to get into it, it's about 2002, somewhere around there. All right, so you kind of get you, you you're at the uh, just just after the Attitude Era, then. Yeah. Okay. Did you ever go back and watch the Attitude Era, or I mean, since I've had the network, I've sort of gone and back and watched little bits of around around it. I enjoy it. I think it's all right. Yeah. I can see why people wouldn't enjoy it. Or I think today it's. <sighs> I mean, it is, isn't it? I mean, but people get mad when I say this, but I think I'm right. It's just controversial these days. And I don't, you, yeah. know, you know, it is because, and, I, and I people say, oh, well, you can't judge something, you can't judge something today, uh, you know, back then on today's standards. And I'm like, you know what? I actually agree with that. But I would also say when you have like a pudding match, <laughs> it's just too, I mean, I think, I think somebody could be a little bit aggrieved with that. It's just my opinion. I could be wrong. People call me, uh, you know, call me an idiot. So you watch this 2002. Now, a lot of people say, not necessarily 2002, but sort of, well, no, that is really from two. A lot of people say from 2002 onwards is when they stop watching wrestling. Uh, you know, they don't like the stuff with Triple H holding people down. Obviously, all the Katie Vick stuff with Kane, uh, the Booker T stuff at WrestleMania. Uh, have you ever taken a break or did you keep with it? And what did you think about what a lot of people call the dark period of wrestling? So I, yeah, so I sort of come into it in 2002, um, watched up most of it, um, going through those years. Um, I wasn't really, it wasn't on telly too much. So I was probably watching Velocity and Heat <laughs> I so love, when they were on. I love Velocity. Boy, howdy, do I miss Velocity. What, what an amazing program that was. Yeah, I think, uh, back, I think Josh Matthews was there as well. He was, yeah, he was. He was the Velocity guy. Good memory, dude. Yeah, so... Watching that whenever that was on, and then it was when I wasn't watching it, it was the games that sort of put me through as well. So, shut your mouth. Um, here comes the pain. Here comes the pain. Love that game. I think that's always a favorite, I think, for everyone. Yeah, I think that's my favorite. I was thinking about this the other day. I love No Mercy. That or No Mercy or WrestleMania 2000, they all kind of fit into a trifecta of awesomeness for me for different reasons. Yeah, so I was pretty much went through wrestling up until the way the sort of memory i got is when cm punk just before he started his rise yeah was probably up until i i stopped watching it you stopped just just when cm punk started why what happened what changed a lot of people like cm punk pretty much it wasn't nothing to do with wrestling it was just life um i started working didn't watch it much um i mean when i was watching it i had a friend uh, Lee, he he pretty much was my wrestling guru. I, I went to his house every week. We were watching wrestling together. He was watching Ring of Honor. Oh wow, so he's, uh, he's knee deep in it by that stage. He, he was watching Ring of Honor like early days and yeah. TNA as well. Um, and I'd be watching WWE, and then some new guy would turn up. I, I, as far as I know, they just randomly 
joined WWE. Yeah. And he's telling me that they've been in wrestling for ages. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's one of these indie guys. Yeah, exactly. I think mean, CM Punk was one of those. He was his favourite wrestler. And as far as I, I was the first time I'd seen him. So we're going through that. Um, and then once I was pretty much out for a whole CM Punk sort of time. Yeah. Um, and then I come back in, I think it's 2014. Um, which sort of, the only reason I sort of come back is I heard that Lesnar was having a match with Triple H in the steel cage. And, um, going back from what you said, Triple H throughout that period of time was one of my favorite wrestlers. Yeah. I like Triple H. A lot of people get mad about that, but what are you going to (laughs) do? Yeah. I know he's a controversial person, but, um, yeah, he's in ring work and who he was. I think he's. What well, he is definitely one of the best going. I think. I mean, like I said, I, I, he was it, it was inspirational to me because uh, mostly, I mean, mostly because of the way he looked. I don't know why. It just inspired me to go to the gym. You know, everyone's heard that story story a lot. But it's it, you know, it's always hard to to look back in hindsight, even with all the oh, but he did this and he did that. It's like yeah, but that wasn't my experience of him. Because, you know, during that time, even though I probably knew that was going on from a distance, my main takeaway was I was really inspired by his, obviously, his work ethic and his skill in the ring and, uh, you know, and all this other, especially the gym stuff, which obviously has kept with me ever since. So that is my predominant takeaway when I think about Triple H. And I do know it sort of drives people, uh, they roll their eyes and stuff. But everyone looks through, you know, you've already got your own eyes and the world is, is different for everybody. Um, so, yeah, I was the same. Um, yeah. Who was he fighting in 2014? He obviously brought Lesnar stuff. And then was, the Undertaker matches as well, right? I'm pretty sure it was around that time, yeah. Um, just quickly touching on Triple H with, with my dad as well. My mum and dad uh, broke up and I used to go to my dad's house to watch yeah. wrestling. Yeah. And I remember he used to start, he started watching it with me from telling me it's crap and fake. <laughs> to him watching it with me and he used to pay for pay-per-views and stuff oh really well man and who, wh- how how did that happen i have no idea anymore <laughs> i just i asked him I, when before i knew i was coming on i asked him how did we start watching wrestling he, he couldn't remember exactly why either but but is he still watching now i show him clips oh well, um, so- i showed him the evolution reunion do you like it yeah man that is excellent dude that's that's nice you know i don't know that's just stuff like i I get it i understand there's a lot of crap going on with uh with wrestling and stuff like that but stories like that always warm my heart a little bit like it does happen regardless what you think about everything else going around it the actual act of wrestling does bring people together sometimes i mean not all the time but sometimes it clicks and that's what two people bond over and i think that's one of the best things about wrestling it's just this odd bizarre form of entertainment that we've all bought into and when you take a step back you're like well, this is absolutely ridiculous but who cares at the same time like, for some reason i like it and i'm gonna stick with it yeah i mean he was really into it i mean from going yeah like i said from going to saying it's shit and fake he was watching it with me for a few years i can't remember the exact I remember he invited me and my friend round to watch a Royal Rumble. I couldn't tell you which Rumble. I think it was either Benoit or Michaels when they won it from the start. Yeah. Um, it's from that, and then he moved down to London a few years later, and I remember going down there again. I had it on telling he was going to work. He was on nights or something. 
And he said, are you still watching this shit? <laughs> we carried on. I think it was Orton versus Big Show. And he's, he was sat there watching it with me. And then he was almost late for work. That's amazing. He, he would have always got into it. That's so oh, good, yeah. man. It's always, it's always like he pretended that he didn't. Like, hey, I don't like yeah. that. It was like, secretly, it's the best thing ever. And that's because it yeah. is the best thing ever. So what do you think of it today, 2018? You know, so obviously, it's a very polarizing product. Um, the Roman Reigns situation obviously taken uh, on a bit of a different twist as of late. Yeah. But, you know, I still understand people not liking the Roman Reigns character. Uh, I, I don't think that, you know, I don't think that's disrespectful or anything like that. I mean, it would be ridiculous to pretend that some people didn't. Um, no. So I was um, for a long time um, probably not liking Roman Reigns, but I missed the sort of very start of the Shield. Um, and I always, when I used to watch him as a group, I always wanted to warn Seth Rollins out of the three of them. I think a lot of people did, right? I think I think a lot of a lot of people talk about this when they talk about the whole Roman Reigns experiment. I think one of the reasons it wasn't just the whole Daniel Bryan thing. I think a lot of people actually looked at Seth Rollins and went, "That's my guy." So, I mean, look, he still had his time in the sun, right? But he was turned heel and he won the world championship. But I think a lot of people wanted him to come out of that on the other end, especially when he came back from that knee injury. I think a lot of people thought, right, this is his time to shine. He didn't. He went back heel straight away again. Yeah, I think a lot of people wanted him to um, carry on from where he left off. Yeah, and well, what do you think about the whole heel turn now with Dean Ambrose? I mean, I understand there's a big asterisk over the top of it. I mean, you know, we'll deal with it as best we can. Uh, but you think it's too soon? Do you think it's going to work? Do you want to see a match between him and Ambrose at Mania? Should it be for the Universal title? I mean, you know, where, where do you kind of see all that going? I think putting those two together is not is probably not a bad idea. I mean, definitely having those two rival over the Intercontinental title would bring that back because that's quite a high... Um, a high-profile feud. Oh, I think so. Yeah, I, mean, I, 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 a small part of me now wants. I don't know how they how they're going to do it, but I want one of them to win the Royal Rumble and the other person be in the position where they can then challenge that guy at WrestleMania. I think that'd be wonderful. I think that's a match that was meant to happen this year. It didn't happen, obviously, because um, Dean Ambrose got injured. I think Dean Ambrose is a heel. Regardless how he got there, and we've talked about it, so we don't need to talk about it again, but he's still a really good heel. Like, he just is. I just think he gets that character. I think he's going to be able to pull it off quite well. So if we can get to WrestleMania 35 and have that on the you know somewhere up the card, I'm going to be pretty excited about it. Yeah. I'm pretty good for that match um, all the way up till WrestleMania. I think they build it should build it pretty well. I mean, those two uh, promo wise are two of the best. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. They have got chemistry together as well. Like even when they had that last feud and Seth was the face and and Dean was the heel. Uh, sorry, other way around. You know, I thought that worked, I thought it worked wonderfully, and they, they did have some really good matches. I remember that Hell in a Cell match where Bray Wyatt appeared from nowhere as a hologram. I mean, you know, that match was absolutely incredible. That bit was okay. I mean, it was a good twist, but it's not really how I wanted that that feud to end. Um, no. so how do you, how do you uh, take in your wrestling these days as well? As well, do you watch it? You know, are you meticulous watcher. Do you go the YouTube social media route? Like, how dedicated? Dedicated is the wrong word. But how much time do you have to dedicate to the product? Like, what direction do you head in? Um, pretty much YouTube yourself mainly. Oh, that's kind. Um, and then uh, I think I, with the highlights as well of the people that seem to get highlights. And only up there for a certain couple of hours during the morning. Yeah. Um, I probably watch them. Um, and then, because I have the network, I w- I've been watching NXT 
for a fair old time. Um, watch that pretty much every every week religiously. That's amazing. That is so many. It's it's amazing how there's this kind of like disparity in the audience now because obviously a lot of people come on 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 this podcast are you know hardcore fans. You know they're, they're the core audience because of course they are. I think by and large, everyone that's come on when we talk about this always says NXT. I make sure I watch every single week, but Raw and SmackDown, I kind of just you know pick up here and there. And it's funny because that doesn't really change anymore. Maybe it did back in the day or a few years ago, whatever. When NXT guys get called up, I think we've now kind of got into this routine where people think well, it doesn't matter they've been called up because they won't be treated right on the main roster. Yeah, yeah, I've gone through that with a, with a lot of people. Um, it's it's kind of almost like there's a reset button. As soon as they leave NXT, they're brand new again. Yeah. Um, who do you think's dropped the ball? Who do you think they've dropped the ball the most with? Because I mean, when guys to me like Apollo Cruz comes out, and Apollo Cruz didn't have a Apollo Cruz should have had a bigger run in NXT. I think for me anyway, that's that's kind of almost clear. But when I see Apollo Cruz come out and he's he, he just figures in no way, I just like what was the point? Or no way, Jose that just doesn't exist anymore. Like what was the point? What did we do here aside from just move one guy from one brand to another? Yeah, it seems odd to even think about moving people like um, Cruz and uh, No Way Jose up the card. I mean, like you said, they don't have didn't have a massive role in NXT anyway, but they're still you know finding their feet and stuff and moving them up too early. I think just hurt them a lot. No, who's who are your go-tos in NXT at the moment? Obviously, Johnny Gargano and Champa and Alistair Black right now are involved in one of the most ridiculous, complex feuds we've seen on... I call it WWE TV, but I know a lot of people don't like that. But I think they're doing, you know, I think they're doing wonders down there at the moment. Is there anyone that you warm towards or you kind of wary of them being called up because you don't think they're going to be used in the way they should be? Um, most of them. But probably Velveteen Dream would probably be the one I'd worry about most because of his character whether he'll be able to do that on the main stage see i think um, it's i think it's something that vince mcmahon may like and that's the key right i think obviously you've got to you've got to get you've got to get in with with vince mcmahon I, I i have a small feeling that because of how he is and because of his the way he talks and his character and stuff i think that vince mcmahon could get behind him and i was literally reading before we came on air here that right now he's sort of his big um his, his favourite person on Raw right now is Leo Rush. And obviously the reason I think he likes Leo Rush is because he's big and he's brash and he's, he, he's got on the mic and he's, he's confident. And I kind I mean, I'm not saying he's the same, but Velveteen Dream ticks all those boxes for me too. It's why I think Adam Cole's going to do so well as well because they, they carry with them a, a certain something. So I think there's every chance they may call him up and he may actually do all right. I, I hope you're right. <laughs> well, yeah. um, <laughs> well, we, we never know dude the list of yeah. people that have been absolutely destroyed by the uh, the cool up it, it grows longer by the year yeah I mean I mean IOP moved up and then for some reason they went they come in quite hard and then one of them lost to Cruz and I'm, I don't mean anything by uh, Cruz at all I think he's an amazing athlete but WWE have him quite far down their list no, no, exactly. It kind of positions them at a certain place on the card. Whereas, yeah. given what they've done in NXT and who they are, you'd expect them to, yeah, at least have a push for a little while. But it got killed quite quickly. I know what you mean. Yeah, and now they're back up and uh, under Drake Maverick, which is running, who seems to be running a face 
and a heel at the same time. Yeah, 205 Live kind of just exists onto itself, now, doesn't <laughs> it? It doesn't tie into the rest of the WWE stories. It's just there. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, the AOP are doing all right at the moment, though. You know, I thought it was bizarre they were putting that random triple threat match on, on Raw, but at least they didn't lose and they kicked everybody's ass. So, yeah, I, they, they certainly seem to have been lit up recently. But again, going back to your point, why couldn't we have done this originally, right? Why did we go all around the houses just to get back to where we started? Yeah, and then they stopped coming on the show for a little while completely, just until they had a story for them. Yeah, they just vanished for a while. Same with Sanity, I guess. Well, what is that? I was thinking about this earlier. I meant to mention on ups and downs, and I and I absolutely forgot. Why Sanity don't exist? Rusev wasn't on the show. Um, who else? Someone else is missing. I can't remember who was now. But the amount of people that just come and go is, is crazy. Yeah, I, uh, I, I don't quite understand why they run feuds like with Aiden English and uh, Rusev. Uh, quite a good feud going. And then for some reason, they've just sort of dropped it. Yeah. Oh, I mean, literally. I mean, they absolutely have. I, it's just, I, I, I don't get why the blow-off to that was a two-and-a-half-minute match. Like, you know, I actually thought the build to it was quite good, all stuff with Lana and having an affair and all that. Kind of, I thought, okay, this works. It's, it's pretty, you know, it's not out of the realms of what we haven't seen before, but at least we're doing something here. And then, yeah, I mean, we got the match. It was two and a half minutes. They weren't on TV. I think that's the end. I, just, I, don't, I mean, what was the point? Why did we even bother investing? It was almost like the most shallow and fruitless TV ever. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree with that. Yeah, I don't. I didn't. I get what they did there. Uh, it was very weird. So, I mean, do, do you like Raw and SmackDown at the moment? Which is, I know, is a strange question, but there are a lot of WWE fans out there, obviously, that watch it, but don't necessarily think they're doing everything that they should be doing. No, I do. I do watch it. I mean, my job doesn't really allow me to watch. Yeah, too much. That's why I go to YouTube and um, watch them. But um, yeah. I think SmackDown's not too bad. I can sit and watch SmackDown mainly because it's a short, small, uh, shorter show. Yeah, well, no, three, three, three hours is too long. Isn't it? I mean, that's that. You know, talking about the pay per view later today. That's why I worry. Not worry, but that's why a small part of me is like, oh, because four hours is too long for anything. I don't want to do yeah. anything for four hours. And every time I say that, somebody always tweets me something. I mean it. I don't want to do anything for four hours. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Um, but do you think, do you like the, the, the approach they're taking or do you miss certain elements from when you started first watching? Do you think it's too, uh, too much of a show these days? Do you think, you know, the complete death of kayfabe is an issue, uh, or, or by and large, do you think they do what they can do in a 2018 world? Yeah, I think the 2018 world is a bit of a mad place anyway. Um, but I think everyone's sort of behind the Becky Lynch angle because, she has like a sort of element to that old style that they used to show um, with the sort of badass that like she called uh, Charlotte a bitch. Yeah, she did. People were a bit, are they allowed to say that anymore? It sort of took people back a little bit. No, I think you're right, man. Um, that's, that's true. It was, it's, it's more edgy than they've done. They do that from time to time. Every now and then they get given the green light, it seems, to just go and be a bit edgy. Yeah, yeah, I think they're doing. They're doing all right. I mean, they sort of try and not be too controversial, and then they go and do something like Crown Jewel. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I don't even know what Crown Jewel. I don't, I don't know what it is anymore. I, it's just one of those things. It's just so nuts now 
that it's oh, I don't know. It's taken. I, I can't wait for this week to be over. To be honest, and that's bad. But I genuinely can't wait to just. I don't want to say that because I don't think the conversation should stop. Not at all. I think the conversation should keep going. But you know, just from a sheer, it's exhausting, right? Because it is. Because it's a difficult situation. Uh, a difficult situation to deal with. Something I actually want to talk about. I'm going to segue quite quickly because I wanted to talk to somebody else about this. I haven't done it yet. What do you know? I mean, actually, let's start here. Do you? Because you mentioned your mate that watched Ring of Honor. Did you ever yeah. get? Did you ever get into? Uh, independent wrestling? Do you watch New Japan? Do you watch Impact? Or are you solely a WWE guy? I very well, not very recently. Probably for the past since Jericho was going to go to New Japan to face uh, Kenny Omega. That's when I sort of thought I'm going to have to watch more. So I started watching. I watched that. Signed up to New Japan, which I'm still signed up to. Oh wow! Um, I'm. I don't watch it too much um, because. Mainly because their um, their website's a bit of a oh, it's mess. not easy, yeah. <laughs> it's not easy to <laughs> that service navigate. is not easy to use. No, it, it, it could certainly do with a with a reshuffle. Yeah, so I watch that from time to time. Um, I watched the fire and wrestling ever since yourself joined up. Oh, that's very kind, dude. I appreciate that, and I'll be back. I promise. I promise. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I started watching that, and then I've sort of gone through and learned more and watched more wrestling. As I've learned more, and I think NXT is part of the part of that for me because I watch a guy turn up, and I heard he's got quite a lot of buzz about him. So I'll go back and I watch other stuff on YouTube and from other companies about where people like Adam Cole and Ricochet will come from. Yeah, that's good, man. Yeah, you just I like that. So, So. you know about all the this is a weird way to put it, but you're up to date with all the Bullet Club stuff, basically. Pretty much, yeah. I think I've kept up all right. Um, so what do you think about... I mean, obviously, the big rumour at the moment, or at least it has been, is... It came out a few weeks ago. I didn't really talk about it on here, because Chris Jericho came out and poo-pooed it quite quickly. But given all the stuff that Cody Rhodes said on his boat <laughs> recently, <laughs> um, you know, he, he made it very clear that it, it seemed... I mean, we're all paraphrasing, but it certainly seemed to suggest he wasn't planning on coming back to the WWE... But he wasn't going to sign an exclusive contract with Ring of Honor or New Japan, which means he was basically going to be a free agent. Obviously, Jim Ross was on that boat and made some comments. There's been big rumors that Jericho and Jim Ross are going to come together to put on some kind of wrestling promotion that kind of sits in this in-between place, it sounds like, you know, between WWE and Ring of Honor, I guess. And I would assume they have people like Chris Jericho, Cody Rhodes, The Young Bucks, Hangman Page, Kenny Omega. I don't know how that ties in with... There are there deals elsewhere? I'm completely speculating here. But you know, as you said, as a guy who kind of has a, a tiny bit of interest on the outside world, but it's predominantly WWE. And you mentioned how Chris Jericho got you to watch New Japan. I mean, you know, he's obviously a big, big Chris Jericho fan. If he does start his own promotion, and you know, all those guys are going across as well, how is that going to change your wrestling? How you view wrestling? Would you go and watch that? Basically, if you know Chris Jericho is having his first show this Friday on, you know, Channel. 92 whatever you know is that something you, you're going to go to what out of watch is it just out of intrigue or is it because you think that it could fill a void that wrestling is missing yeah i'd happily watch it if those guys with jericho and um ross all at the helm i think that'll be definitely worth watching um do you think it will happen? Can you see? That is the rumour. Literally, I, mean, I can't remember. There's a big company backing it. I can't remember that. You have to forgive me. 
But do you think Chris Jericho and Jim Ross starting a wrestling promotion that is led by the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, Cody Rhodes, Hangman Page, Marty Skrull, and all those guys, can you see it being a success? Would you want it to be a success? I mean, does it have a place in the current landscape? I mean, I mean there's, there's no reason why it shouldn't happen. Because I think people, a lot of places, would have seen how well All In did. And I can see a lot of people, if there is a company looking to back them, that the business is there, I think. I think a lot of people would go to it. I think a lot of WWE fans, because I think there's a... I think the reason people go over to New Japan and Ring of Honor is more for a wrestling yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and NXT. I think people like more in-ring um, sort of action. No, I think than... so. I, I think people watch New Japan to treat wrestling like a sport. That's the way I see it. You know, if you want yeah. wrestling to feel like a sport, you go watch New Japan. Yeah, which is why I think um, SmackDown would do pretty well once that, if the rumours are right and that does go to more of a sport. I think that will help SmackDown's ratings go up um i think i think the reason it, yeah if that does happen i think the reason it would help smackdown is because it will actually differentiate it from raw you know at the moment they kind of feel like the same show i think i mean you can argue that there are better wrestlers on smackdown but i don't think that makes it feel any different so i, I don't know i mean maybe it'd be interesting if that does happen and then jericho and jim ross launch something because i would presume anything they do do is going to be like an amalgamation between wwe and New Japan. That, to me, is something I feel like you want to do. Like, Because some people watch New Japan and they say it's too focused on sport. And some people love that. And other people watch WWE and say it's too focused on promos and entertainment. So maybe you're going for that middle ground where you take all the good bits of New Japan. You take all the good bits of WWE. You push them together. And at the end, you get this genuinely unique promotion with stars. You know, the Young Bucks and all those guys are stars. They sell their own merchandise. They don't really need the backing of anybody. And maybe they go there. But also, how does that affect... I mean, do you... Do you think anything like that could compete with WWE? How does that affect Chris Jericho's relationship with WWE? That's what I don't get. I don't, I don't really understand, especially because as far as I know, Jim Ross still has a contract with WWE. That may have ended by the, time, uh, by, by the time I'm saying these words. I don't follow Jim Ross's contractual situations. But like I say, just because I heard all the quotes that came out from the Jericho crews over the last couple of days, it did make me think to myself, maybe there is more in this than we first imagined. And... You know, if they do it right and they have the right roster and it has someone like Chris Jericho, especially, I should say, who's a triple A star, you know, there's no two about no two ways about that. He's a main event WWE guy. I don't I would be massively intrigued. And I think again, I don't think anything could compete with WWE, but I think it'd be a massive shot across the bow. Yeah. I think um it'd definitely make WWE take notice of them. If the whole of what is now former members of the Bullet Club, if they all go, and with Jim Ross, especially, I mean, Chris Jericho, he put me over to watch more New Japan. I, I imagine he did a lot lot of that. I imagine a fair few people did go and watch some New Japan and have carried on watching it. Yeah. If I've, with the star power that he's got, I think they could do pretty well. I imagine whether they'd compete with WWE. I mean, they're just—I mean, they're global, but I suppose they've got the youth to be able to compete with them. Well, I mean, because the young... they're not old guys. No, and the young bucks have proven that they're very good at self-marketing. 
So, you know, there's every chance. I, I don't think you compete with WWE, but I do think, you know, you can, if you get that all-in crowd, you know, that was the other thing they talked about in the Jericho Cruise, is that they want to try and do another all-in two. And if you can get that crowd sort of revved up and you can get them focused on your product, I'm not saying it's going to be massive, but it's certainly a very dedicated crowd and it's a very passionate crowd. And they'll probably stand by you, you know, for for a long time, I would think. You know, I, I think they would do, you know, because that was the thing with All In. Like, you sold out all the merchandise. Everyone kind of, it was just in a good mood. There was an awesome feeling to the whole thing. So, if you can spark all of that, all those guys off, I'd imagine you could at least get a very, like I say, a very regular fan base that makes it work. Or at least that's what I would hope would happen. I think that'd be really fun if it did. Yeah, definitely. I think they've got a huge fan base um, did you watch they your, could did, take with them. Did you watch All In? Yeah, I watched All In. Um, I mean, it went up on the New Japan Network, which I oh, didn't know it, what it was yeah. going to do. So yeah, I watched it through that. And I saw the crowd, how excited they were for it how up they i mean they they were alive throughout the whole event chanting from start to finish i think they're definitely got a hardcore fan base behind them oh yeah i think that's the thing as well if you can get that kind of crowd to your we'll call it a weekly show but who knows what the hell it would be if you can sort of you know trigger that that is going to get people in because I know even when I watch shows that aren't good, if you have that kind of reaction, I absolutely enjoy it more. That's why All In, in many ways, is one of my favourite pay-per-views ever because the crowd was so amped for every match and because I was lucky enough to be there, that got me into every match as well. I was like, this is this is brilliant. Like, I'm absolutely, I mean, I'm enjoying this more because of the fans. And it's, I mean, it's hard to keep that up over an extended period of time, of course. I understand that. But they are... You know they are they are very very dedicated those people, so I think there's every chance that if it all does tick off and you get that excitement, you get that buzz, and you get these people to come to your show constantly, then yeah, you you are going to have the one thing you are going to be able to compete with is passion because maybe that's something that's lacking from WWE now from the fans' point of view. You know, some of the fans do feel quite tired and quite cynical towards the product, so the passion is gone, which is why when we do get a big angle or a big uh, a big reaction, we all talk about it because it feels fresh and it feels new. Obviously, back in the Attitude Era, we were getting that every week. So if they can tap into that, I think you probably could compete and you could probably come up with something quite interesting. Yeah. I think that'd be alright. Um, it's the only, I imagine the only sort of main competition is the platform. WWE have Sky, which everyone in the UK has Sky. And if they was to do it, I imagine it's probably going to be internet. But you'd be able to, have to stream it first of all. And then I guess they would have to get a TV deal. That is the hard thing, yeah. It's like getting rest- I mean, Impact obviously been struggling with that for years. So you're right. That that would be the real tough thing to do. But they got the clout. They got you know. They got a big money backer as well. You never know. Uh, you never know where where the ceiling where the ceiling will be. So I'm just intrigued by it. I think that story kind of moves and grows a little bit more each and every day. Like there's certainly more. There's, I think maybe there is more to it than than meets the eye. Or oh, I'm just living in a fantasy land. Yeah. I, well, I think they're definitely considering it. I think so. I, I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised if they won. I think January two thousand. A few times. I think January two thousand nineteen is going to be a very, very interesting time uh, in the pro wrestling business. And yeah. I, you know, I look forward to it. I, I look. I, I, I don't mind change. Even if all the Bullet Club guys did go 
to um, WWE. You know what? I get why it was stuck on a certain level. I still think as a fan, I'm still going to be intrigued to see what they do. You know, I'm still going to tune in and, uh, uh, and get excited and all that kind of stuff. Because I just will. Of course I will. I'm a wrestling fan. And when something big goes down, it's hard not to get carried away. Yeah. I mean, if they go WWE, I imagine they're going to go as a group. I can't imagine them splitting up. No, and think, whether, yeah. whether they put them on different shows, I, th- I don't think it's probably a good idea. It's like be hard to slip, sp- split up the Young Bucks from Cody and Omega. Yeah, I think that'd be a mistake. I think if they come in, it should be like the Radicals. What was that, 2001, 2000, whatever? Uh, 2000, I guess. Uh, yeah, I, I would do it like that. That's the, uh, that would be my personal choice, but... You know. And they're all going to go to main roster. I can't see WWE putting Can anyone imagine? on. Can you imagine the young ones <laughs> being put through NXT? The internet would absolutely blow up. They would absolutely blow up. They wouldn't be able to handle that. I'd like it, though. It would make me laugh. Um, yeah. so in, in terms of your uh, your own personal wrestling history, like, give me just a quick rundown of favorite matches, favorite wrestlers, favorite events, favorite memories. You know, things that just come to mind that, you know, if you are talking to someone new about wrestling, you know, they're, they're, they're your kind of go-tos. Um. Go to matches, um, I think The Rock and Hogan. Right, just for the atmosphere, the crowd, the crowd of love it. It's not probably the best match in terms of in ring, but f- for the atmosphere and the feel of the match, I can watch that all day. Oh, yeah, I'm the same. Like, it's, it's weird because in 2018, especially, you know, I'm not going to go into it too much, but. Not the biggest Hulk Hogan fan in the world anymore, uh, for, for obvious reasons. No. Um, but that match, yeah, just because of the just the sheer the sheer power of the crowd and how much they love it and how much they, oh, it's just great. It's just absolutely great. It is to this day. And what we're coming up to what? It's almost is it sixteen years old? It is. It's sixteen years old. Coming up to seventeen years old. Oh my days. <laughs> yeah. So that was probably. One match I'd probably not go to. I like um, Elimination Chamber, the earlier ones. Oh, yeah, the first ones. I mean, that's a really interesting concept when they first did that. No, yeah, I, I, I totally agree. Probably one of my favourite styles of matches, um, gimmick matches. Um, the earlier ones are them. Um, favourite wrestler for, throughout the years. I've sort of gone through loads of like favourite guys that, you know, I think Kane and probably The Rock are the ones that got me into it but throughout the whole years it's Triple H from day one to now I think he's he probably is the business really well, I mean he is um, now right he's about to take over the whole thing so absolutely right. yeah I imagine he's definitely going to r- run the show um, right now favourite on the roster is Kevin Owens I think Kevin Owens is it, I just think he's got that passion for it um, I watched um, on the network is three six five. Oh yeah, it was good, right? Yeah, and that that really made him go to the top of my list from that and the um, the debut against John Cena. Oh man, I th- I, to me, that's still my favorite call up from NXT. I thought that was yeah. done so well, and the fact that he was still the champion, he was the prize fighter, and he won that first match. I thought that was wonderful. Yeah, yeah, no, I I mean a bit that sticks out to me is when uh, John Cena said to him about. He's basically a veteran compared to Owens, and then 
Owen's shutting down said he's been doing it for 15 years. <laughs> oh, man, all of that was golden. Uh, that's the best thing about John Cena. I know everybody... I just talk about that quickly. I mean, it's a bit of a retro thing. What did you think of John? Because you were there... Well, not you had that little break, but you were kind of present for the rise of John Cena. Did you hate him as much as everybody else? Because, you know, the, I what I was about to say was, the reason... I kind of like John Cena looking back is because those moments wouldn't have happened if we didn't have the John Cena that we had. That's why we, we liked it so much because John Cena had this bizarre rep about it where everyone just wanted to crap all over him. Yeah. Um, for, I did like him when I, he first came in. I, I really liked him. I thought he was great. Um, I loved the whole rapper gimmick um, for, throughout that. Um, sometimes I sort of think he should just try it, see if he worked and go back to it go up to the top rope and pump his trainers up like he used to <laughs> i think he's too old to do it now yeah i think we'd all crap all over him what do you think about him not yeah. going, what do you think about him not going to the crown jewel it's good for him really i think it's good for his image um with all the controversy going around it and then wwe just thinking you'd screw it we'll chuck hogan in with it let's go all in um, with the controversy, I think they're um, for him and his personal image and his films. I think he's is probably a good decision. He doesn't go. Doesn't need it. That's the thing, isn't it? That's the thing. He doesn't need it. You mentioned the Rock yeah. as well, because uh, obviously the Rock. I kind of see the Rock and John Cena has taken a very similar path, which is hilarious given their feud at uh, whatever WrestleMania it was. It was basically this. <laughs> this was what the whole feud yeah. was over. And now John Cena's basically segued into it, which I don't mind. Like, everyone changes, everybody grows up, everybody gets new perspective. I would never hold it against um, someone. But given that you mentioned The Rock as someone that obviously had an influence over wrestling, given that he is now one of, if not the biggest movie star in the world, because sometimes I laugh when I think about it, because it's so ludicrous. How did that happen? I know The Rock, I know he was amazing, but how did he become one of the biggest movie stars ever when, you know, we all remember Die, Rocky Die, and all this kind of stuff. And now, yeah, you know, he made, what, $125 million last year. And what I don't get is, I never really talked about this, I don't think, a lot of people hold that against him as well. I don't hold that against him. You know, I never hold success against anybody. It was a great opportunity, and he grabbed it with both you know, two arms and, and, and made it work. Yeah, I think he was always made for it, really. Yeah, I agree. I, to me, WWE is always like a stepping stone to something else. Yeah, I mean, that was like a platform that he could really show off his you know his charisma and how good he was on the mic how funny he is how he, how the same as he how he made people feel as well like i think um the whole i think my my favorite return is him when he come back to um help out eugene at that point uh, i don't even remember that what happened um coach was uh, basically telling eugene to get out of his ring um, telling him that nobody liked him, the people don't like him, and then the rock come down. Well, Eugene walked up to the top. The rock's music hit. The crowd went absolutely nuts. <laughs> of course they did. Um, yeah, he come back. I think it was. I think it's two thousand four. It was. Yeah, I've just looked it up now. I have no recollection of this. How weird is this? How long did he be away for at this point? Like a, a good while. I think it was, yeah, because um, I think it was just after his Scorpion King, I want to say, movie. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I watched it. I've watched it a few times, to be fair. Um, 
Oh, dude, don't me, dude. There's nothing better than watching return pops on YouTube. <laughs> That's a pastime, man. There's sometimes I just watch Stone Cold Steve Austin pops for hours, hours on end. Like that's a lot of fun. So yeah, yeah. If um, that's I can watch that loads, and it still makes me think how how great The Rock was. Um, yeah. even like Nick Dinsmore's Eugene, even he plays his role. Which was quite a controversial world when you look at it, back at it now. From you couldn't get away with it now. Um, but yeah, from that, I felt it was great. Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. The, the Eugene character was a well, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because you're right. I think Nick Dinsmore played it as tastefully as he could. The problem was the character to begin with wasn't tasteful. I think. I mean, yeah. the, the fact that the the G in Eugene was backwards. I mean, that is it's <laughs> not great, is it? It's not the greatest yeah. idea. I think it was one or the E or something, and it was backwards, which is, yeah, it's not it's not the best. I shouldn't laugh, really. It's not funny. It's just genuinely offensive. But no, I, I know what you mean. The Rock. I mean, you're right. That's why the Rock got to where he got. Right. He was. He had a magic about him. He had that. He had that special something that some people don't have. Uh, do, am I right? I mean, when you join, then does that mean you miss all of Stone Cold Steve Austin? Pretty much, yeah. That's amazing. Um, so have you I've gone... watched a little bits of him. So do you get that? Because I mean, and, and I've talked to other people that say this, not necessarily about Stone Cold Steve Austin, but about other people. Does that kind of mean like you missed, not you missed the hype around him, but is he a bit of an anomaly to you? Or have you actually understood why he was so massive? I, I understand why he is. Probably some people's favourite ever wrestler and person. You know, I think he's... Even I, I didn't watch too much of him. I've gone back and I've watched a lot. And I mean, probably not the early, like the nineties stuff. Probably Attitude Era, um, Austin, and yeah, you definitely see why people love him the way they do. Oh yeah, he was uh, he was my favourite. Like um, and you know, I think everyone chose chose a side really when they were kids between Rock and Austin. I just picked Austin. I think, and as soon as you do that as a kid, it's hard to kind of retract. It's like, well, I'm in now. I've made my, you know, I've laid, I've laid my, uh, <laughs> I laid my hat down. I'll lie on it. Uh, just before we do start to wrap up as well, you know, we've got to be timely. Uh, the Crown Jewel's going to start. I don't know when this is going to go up, but it'll go up at some point on Friday. So either listening to it before, after, or during. You know, I, mean, I think the big, in, most interesting match on the card for me, anyways, is the Universal Title match. Given everything that's happened, do you think we're just going to give it to Ro- uh, Roman Reigns? Sorry, do you think we're just going to give it to? Uh, Braun Strowman, can you see a swerve and maybe Lesnar gets just to shock the crowd? Do you think it gets held up because someone gets involved and maybe we sort it out down the line? I mean, just give me a quick prediction of, uh, well, that'd be quick as long as you want, but give me an idea of, of, of kind of how you see that playing out. Um, I, I, I think I messaged you on the, um, or in the Q&A on the Patreon, I think I said about, um, I would rather have kept it as a triple threat. Maybe mm-hmm. not. Sorry. You did, yeah. I was just saying you did say that. I remember, yeah. Yeah, I think I'd kept it as a triple threat and maybe added uh, Drew McIntyre into it. That was a rumour as well. Yeah. Um, I think it would have made it a bit less uh, pre- predictable which way it was going to go. I mean, if anyone's going to win it, it's going to be Strowman. Yeah. But I think it'd be hard for them. I don't think AJ's going to lose his title um, in Saudi Arabia. So I think... Um, so I think it's got to go to someone so for them not to change a title and for them not to give a title to either Brock or Strowman. I think it's, I think they probably want the title change or someone celebrating over there. Drew McIntyre is out there. Do you see him getting involved at all? He could get involved. I mean, he could take out, I can't imagine 
I think Lesnar's pretty much set on um, having that UFC fight. Yeah. Um, so for him to get involved, he's going to have to feud with one of them and it's going to be Strowman. So he could cost Strowman, but then that means you give the title to Lesnar. Yeah, it seems a bit weird, right? Yeah. I mean, it might end up in a DQ, but I think they're probably... I think if they're going to give it someone, it's going to be Strowman. I think so. I think they should just do it. I think, you know, the situation to get here is horrible, but I think if that's the, you know, the way the cards have, have fallen, just give it to Strowman. He was always, I've said this over and over, but it's true. He was always going to win the title at some point. Just do it now. Sometimes just accept the situation you've got ahead of you and, uh, you know, just, just do it. Just do it. I don't see anything wrong with that. And then we can start setting up some new feuds. And really, we can see... You know, how Raw of War, Roy's War, what era am I living in? How Raw shapes up post-Roman Reigns, which is which is what it is. Um, I do agree. I think they're going to push, I think Drew McIntyre's in for, in for something big. And I think he deserves it as well. I think Drew McIntyre is great. Yeah, I've, I didn't watch much of the 3MB, I think it was. Yeah, it was, um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't watch much of that. And then I didn't really follow him outside the WWE. Um... As soon as he came back, he went to NXT and looked like a monster again. So, I mean, he's—I think he's got the look at WWE like now. So, yeah, I oh think yeah, he absolutely, could definitely yeah. get a push. Yeah, no, I do totally agree. Totally agree. Uh, I hope Drew McIntyre wins the Universal Championship for the end of next year. That'd be my guest. If it does happen, I will—I'll be—I think it'd be awesome. I think it'll be awesome. Right, there we go. We're coming up to an hour, so I will start segueing into uh, my usual end banter. Banter, I never said that word in my life. Josh, anything you want to pimp out? Any Twitter, Instagram, YouTube? Don't have to, but I always like to give people the opportunity. No, no, I think I'm good. Awesome, dude. Well, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for all the support. Uh, and thank you for your time as well, man. It's quite, we're actually, uh, you know, behind the behind the third wall, fourth wall here. We're actually recording this on the Thursday night for Friday. But thanks for coming on so late as well, dude. I always appreciate that. I appreciate you giving me time. And yeah, just thank you for all the support, man. I wouldn't be able to do any of this without it. So yeah, just thank you from me. No, thank you very much. You're, you're welcome. You're very, very welcome. Uh, again, if you'd like to come on my podcast, you can. Head over to patreon.com for the assignment 316. We do one, one a week. Uh, and yeah, we can just chat about things and we can have a good time. In the meantime, head on to youtube.com forward slash the middle report rules. Give that a subscribe. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, assignment 316. Join the Facebook group. Just search for Simon Pro Wrestling Podcast. Give us five stars on iTunes. And look, it's Crown Jewel Day. I know it's difficult for us all. We all think it sucks. But enjoy it as best you can. Or just ignore it entirely, whatever you want to do. Either way, we will talk about all the fallout next week when Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast returns. Thank you. Have lovely weekends. I'll speak to you soon.